0: Mm. Greetings everyone, bonjour, benvenu, welcome to the eighth of an eight-part podcast for Jacqueline Gay Wally's collectible collection of Venus as She Ages, a group of six novels under the imprint of IML Publications, a boutique press amplifying contemporary female writers Nomadic Explorers of Language, Form, and the Psyche. I'm your host, I, Murphy Lewis, speaking to you from Paris, bonjour, with my guest of honor, award-winning playwright, novelist, and screenwriter, Jacqueline Gay-Wally, presently in New York with us. Bonjour, Murphy. Bonjour,
1: Murphy. From (laughs) New York. Good to see you,
0: yeah. Yeah, Paris to New York. So welcome Jacqueline Gay. Um, I'm glad to be together with you again. This is exciting. Too. Me too. Um, today we are parlaying differently. Mm-hmm. So we're not doing book, book, book. We're this time going to talk about the overall movement of soul of your six novels inside the collection of Venus as she ages. Kind of, so, kind of like what was moving inside of you. Um, Does that sound good? Yep. (laughs) Great. Yep. Perfect. So what I want to start with is a quote um, from Prison Sex. You write about this movement of soul through your protagonist, Samira. Quote, she doesn't know if she will find love, the long haul of it, but her soul keeps pulsing forward making its own illogical demands. And she does heed it. A blind faithfulness, if that.
1: You always pick such great quotes. <laughs> the um... Well, you have great
0: quotes to choose from. <gasps> so your question? Yeah, well, there's something driving you that takes place in all these novels that has... Pulled, let's say, IML publications to bring them together as a a group collection, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just like those illogical demands, right?
1: Mm-hmm. True, true, true. Um, I think that in the six books, even though they're not written as a series and not they were never intended to be in a collection, that was your vision mm-hmm. um, and your psyche seeing this um, wave, but you are accurate. And I think it is a long story of a, of a soul mm-hmm. who um, refuses to give up, do you know? Yes. I mean, yes. she and determined. Her, determined and she tends to, in all of them, she's always in love with somebody very flawed. Most of the time mm-hmm. and um, she's uh, or situations that are somewhat impossible for different reasons and mm-hmm. um she adores her in the first one she adores her father who she lo- she really loves her father, who is uh, kind of a rogue and um, a problematic guy mm-hmm. um, and uh this and so it continues um <laughs> uh but I think what's a little unique to the books when I think about the times we're living in is Mm. that she is, um, she's sad at times that she's, she knows she has a monkey on her back that she's had an unorthodox upbringing. She has a mother who left a father Mm. who's kind of, um, Mm. casual about the way he raises her. And, um, And she knows she has not been trained for a normal life. And she knows that it's a liability in a certain way. She's not Mm. going to fit into the mainstream. And she knows because of that. And she makes a lot of bad decisions also. Early in life, almost not knowing the difference. She's been around bad decisions. Mm. Um, Mm. but, But she keeps trying to get to the mean she treats she keeps trying to i don't mean mean nasty but the you know the uh in the middle she keeps trying to keep her individuality keep her uh, truths keep her uh, hope and her hmm. desire and and she feeds herself on love either of nature or of music or of literature mm. and others and she tends to see the good. Mm. Mm. And um <laughs> she doesn't yes. she doesn't tend to see herself as a victim. Mm. And I think that's kind of where it becomes Venus as she ages. You know, Venus mm. was um mischievous, often <laughs> uh often a bit casual about her wake mm. and um uh yes. and um she was jealous of psyche and the younger woman she was um uh, here, there, and everywhere you know um and um mm-hmm. but she's full of life, she's moving yes. forward and and mm-hmm. i think I think the female protagonist in each of those books moves forward in a kind of delighted way, even when mm-hmm. everything is sometimes very hard and yes. sometimes very misguided
0: mm-hmm. yes. I would agree with you. There's really this theme of a a true self with a certain kind of spirit that she keeps leaning toward, right? Um, though she's involved with the, the prisoner, David, and while she's with Peter um, and also briefly married to Peter, it's, it's about herself in a way, the reflection of the men to her. And it, it makes me think of, what i i love to use let's say i love to use your title of the first book that iml publications published for you which mm-hmm. is the erotic fire of the unattainable I, it always comes up in our conversations doesn't it but um <laughs> but i i love it because it's an expression of taking care of what is within as in the greater self right as in a capital s self and maybe Charlie and strings attaches maybe just a little young to be mm. thinking about that right mm-hmm. but your other leading characters Mira she and I they do just that right they um, they offer meaning um, often meaning that they choose to relate to themselves first and foremost right yes and choosing yes. to commit to uh, right? The long haul of it, as you say, or a long-term relation. Yeah. Right?
1: I, I, I think that it's not looking for a man as a solution and it's, yes. not, it's not looking for a man as an answer or as a savior. Yes. She's looking for a man to be, to understand her and to love mm-hmm. her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But in a way, she kind of travels with these men and they have to, she won't compromise her own values, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Not at all. So she's always in a mess with them because mm. they sort of want her to be what they want. And mm. um, and she's, she's unable to be, you know. She has her own yes. trajectory. And she's very um, in the moment and in love with life as she lives mm. it. And whatever mm. challenge comes, she sort of embraces it. And mm. um, so in some ways she's sort of a, I won't say a romantic character, but she's kind of a... Um, um, you yeah, know I would say a romantic heroine, no? No. shes <laughs> I, I won't say she's a Pollyanna, but she's a sort of um It's not a wise person in her mm. choices and what mm. she does. She's not particularly self-protective in the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm. she is uh, She's always ready to see the good in whatever she ends up in,
0: you know? Mm. Nice. Um, don't you think? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um.
1: And she's very self-reliant uh, in the sense she doesn't blame other
0: people for her mistakes. Mm. Even the parents. The mother that abandoned her, the father that took her bar to bar, right? She doesn't blame them. Yeah. She just knows who they are,
1: right? Right. And she tends to... Um, if something goes awry, she looks at herself,
0: right? You know, it's not you're not looking at the the characters aren't looking at the limitations of others, but at her own challenges limitations. Again, yes, right. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Um, as we move book to book, um, your protagonists become more and more consumed with what feeds their creativity, mm-hmm. that eros within. I mean, mm-hmm. you t- mentioned it books jazz music Mm -hmm. you love Mm -hmm. you know um the classical you take us to classical concerts inside the books but there there is this um writer that begins to appear right Mm
1: -hmm. she
0: begins to write Mm -hmm. right Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes um she's a writer as a child i don't think she's a writer but um Yes, that's who she is, and as you say, as the books evolve, she's much more um, in it. It's it's yeah. pr- it becomes a primary relationship when she's younger, in her thirties and forties. Yeah, uh, she is trying to integrate a creative life with marriage, or mm. you know, a man. And um, in her fifties and sixties, though, I think she's um, knows that writing. Is primary, and in fact, the mm. second to last book is all about that. Really, it's about her running away with two famous writers who are dead, <laughs> and um, and uh, and yeah. then uh, writing is eros for her, and um, it's what she trusts. You know, she mm. hasn't, mm. and it's her only. It's her asset. It's her only asset, and um, uh, and she trusts in that asset. She is not looking to be famous or it's not Mm. a, it's, Mm. it's not a posture for her. Uh, it's not an, it's not an identity that she takes on, um, internal
0: knowingness, right? It's just,
1: it's just who she is. And, um, she's willing to ride the good and the bad waves with it.
0: Mm. Yes. Yes. And in fact, um, I'm going to, Turn us back a little bit before we go that direction. I, I do want to talk about that, um, but first I want to talk about you. You once mentioned that oftentimes you have you personally have mm-hmm. private clients that come to you and in fact book for the bed you lie in, mm-hmm. um, the man you're in love with area that you have such a challenging relationship with. He actually is the one that encourages Mira <laughs> to begin. Helping people write, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, Become mm-hmm. a teacher, do what mm-hmm. you do best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, you know, he's encouraging Mira. And this is actually what happens in your real life. And one of the things that you mentioned to me, because I was, I'm one of your pupils as well, and have been over many years, um, that you mentioned that your clients, when they come to you, oftentimes they're frustrated or angry at someone or angry at their childhood or, and that when they do write, whether they get published or not, that you see a real healing take place in their own lives. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And you would say the same for yourself. No, that's very true. I think that um,
1: one of the things about the collection is I have to encounter my younger self. I no longer identify with the main character, the main female character in book one, two, three, four. I Mm. do with five and six. Uh, That is a different woman. The issues that those earlier women are dealing with are almost foreign to me now, you know, Mm. and... uh, Mm. um, what those women are dealing with, um, I've worked through. You know, yes. I mean, it's kind, yes. you know, and
0: they don't have the sting. The experiences don't have a sting, not right? at
1: all. And and I I have seen, as you say, with my students and with myself. I mean, um, I wrote a book called "Lost in Montreal," based on my difficult relationship with my mother, uh, who who had run away, and it's some of it is imaginary, but some of it is very true. When I wrote that book, I was finished with the material. I, I, I don't feel... Mm. I, I, mm. I went through everything. Strings Attached has my real father in it as a character. And um, I don't have any desire to write about my father. You know, I, I've sort of mined those things. So you, I think you do work through... I mean, each book you write... And I know in your own writing. I mean, you don't write fiction, but you know you've taken what you were going through at certain times, yeah. and you and, helped me do that and do that. <laughs> and and um, I think when you're writing fiction or not memoir, not nonfiction, where you're deciding to write, you know, about mm. vitamin D or something, um, mm. that. Um, you have to take what is your obsession at the moment. You know. Um, oh, interesting. Y- you know what? Yeah. What is your because you're going to spend a year with it minimum. So you think that's what you did in writing these novels? You All were... of them. I mean, I I mean, Magnetism, the last one was about can I keep my eros, my sexuality, my my juice as an older woman? What happens with that? And so I built a story around it. Mm. The fourth one, I think it's the fourth one about. Um, the bed you lie in. I was interested in these, how pain gets carried down, how we act out the pain that sort of, that is carried historically in us, you know, through and, the
0: Holocaust through the, yeah, in that yes.
1: particular story. And so, um, they all have a theme that I was trying to work, work mm-hmm. out. And, mm-hmm. um, um, I think you have to choose when you're writing a book, What am I obsessed with right now? What am I working out? Mm. Which is Mm. in a way what you do in therapy.
0: Mm. Yes. I
1: actually find a book better than therapy.
0: Mm. Mm. Yes. Though your characters, what's one of the themes um, that's running at least kind of in your earlier work, you talk about analysis. In fact, there's um, a great scene that I'll come to later that we'll talk a little bit about Um, talent tell me who inspired you as auto auto fiction writers who were the main besides Marguerite de Ross, and <laughs> Jean Rhys and you're right. She said, I mean, I know you love Marcel Proust. No. Um,
1: well, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm, I, I mean, I did when I was young. I, I, I think uh, one of the things that is not always true, but I remember I loved a writer Um Richard Yates, who wrote novels, and um, they were fantastic novels. Um, When I read his uh, biography, 15, 20 years after he wrote his books, uh, I was shocked to see that most of the stuff was true. And um, it's not uncommon that for... Autofiction's been around a long time, and it's not uncommon for writers to use their own stuff. Um, Hmm. So... Uh, there, you know, it's it's more common than not. Um. uh and I'm not speaking about crime novels and genre novels. I'm talking right, right. about literary novels. Um, but who did I like? I mean, um, I tend to like, as you know, European writers. Mm, there's a yeah. tremendous amount of autofiction in European writers.
0: Well, it's really honored, right? They really appreciate it. In fact, the French coined the word autofiction. No, oh, that I, didn't I think know that. Yeah. Yes, I think yeah. that it was there. Yeah.
1: yeah, that I did not know, but okay. um, yeah, I mean, there's so many great writers that, and particularly European and many many writers, you know, you sort of defiantly would say, uh, "I didn't make up a word," you know, when they're when they're uh, um, interviewed. So, as whenever talking about writing, everything you say can be disputed. So, I mean, there's many people who make everything up, you know? So right, I mean, right. I'm, I'm writing a book right now where it's completely fictional, everything that happens. Mm. And mm. many of the characters
0: are fictional, um, but the emotions are mine. Yeah. Mm. So also one, one of the things we haven't discussed yet is, well, there's a great scene in Right, She Said, where um, Mira receives a letter from an agent not a call about fixing the punctuation or change the title, but, you know, one of those turn down kind of letters. And you yourself have been challenged as a writer with that experience. Um, and you write about Mira, challenged with this, and one being challenged with the rejection, but also the challenge then, what do I write about? you know, so that I can live, you know, I can eat. (laughs) And I'm going to quote you about Mira as she's thinking about what am I going to write next? Quote, my real life was more fanciful than anything I could think up. Maybe that had always been the problem. I had written stories and novels. Some were published and most were not about my life that were true about a girl all alone braving the elements. A girl who flirted with her mother's boyfriends to get her mother's attention and still was not able to. A woman who had trouble feeling. The editor's unanimous response was, couldn't happen. I wish. <laughs> so there is a way that you let us know you're writing auto fiction, and they uh-huh. don't believe it, right? It's... It's mm-hmm. not possible that a father would take you bar to bar or whatever, right? It's not possible. This is fascinating, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, being a literary writer for most people is very, very difficult, you know? And um yeah, I mean, um you have to be made of steel to to, to be a writer. I mean, you have I mean I, I always thought it was kind of funny that um I had a mother who rejected me, and I chose a profession that is, you know, <laughs> a sort of where you're awash in rejection. Exactly, and um, uh, you have to uh, believe in yourself, you mm. know, and you have mm. to believe in your work. Mm. Obviously, there, you know, there are good comments that are helpful and mm. etc. But I think if you are writing truly, like I worked with a woman who wrote a memoir. And she, I encouraged her to really write in her own voice and in a, in a, mm-hmm. and in a style that was um, not often used and um, nice, it, it was risky. Yeah. And I thought to my, I would think to, am I really sabotaging this woman? But it was so suited her. It was the only way really she could write, do you know? Mm-hmm. And, and because I encouraged her to stay true to that and because she did stay true to that voice, it got picked up like that.
0: Wow. So you wow.
1: see, um, you never really know. I, I Also, being a writer is like being a Las Vegas gambler. You really cannot tell <laughs> what's going to hit. Yeah. I mean, what's going to hit, what's not no. going to hit. You right. know, uh, uh, publishers go mad. They They believe in a book and they pay fortune to get it where it only doesn't sell. And then some... So it's kind of a crapshoot, right? <laughs> it's a crapshoot. And 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 in a way I think that's exciting. I yeah. mean, you know, it's exciting. Um, and I think all publishers have never figured out the formula. They try. And um uh but um there's a bit of kismet to it all and a bit of um mm. mystery to it
0: all. And yeah. Okay, now I'm gonna take you back to psychology, which we kind of spoke about earlier, but the theme of psychology comes up a lot in the earlier books. And your characters explore themselves psychologically. And in prison sex, she even uses the prisoner as a reflection and also the husband too. It becomes, um, so Peter and David become really key to that. And then also even the parents, The mother and father become something for her to reflect and grow from. So she's looking at it psychologically. Yet in book two, To Any Mm Links, there is a turning point in how your main character begins to relate when she ignites her own willingness to dance with the wildness within after a dialogue with a Freudian psychoanalyst in New York City. So this is Miro with the analyst. Do you mean, I ask, that my inability to get close to a man is my inability to embrace my own creativity? My elusiveness is not from them, but from myself. He nods, even though my back is turned to him on the couch. Do you mean that the real relationship for me is to my own fire and the rest is distraction. He nods, even though my back is turned to him on the couch. Do you mean that all of this is nonsense? Yes, we need love and so on, but the primary engagement is with one's own arrows. Here, he hesitates. He wants to disagree, love and work and all of that. He wants to tell me to acclimate but he knows he spends 14 hours a day in his analyst chair. Then he goes home. Only then. He nods, even though my back is turned to him on the couch. Do you mean that I have to go for my own wildness, my own being? I cannot be what Peter or David want. I can only be this. Silence. Do you mean that I am alone and that is who I am? Alone, answering to my own gods and happy. <gasps> Love that scene.
1: Yeah, well, that about sums it up. Well, doesn't it? It's like, That about sums it up, yeah.
0: It does. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, yeah, And it's really kind of there, the books really take a turn, right? It's like something, that she becomes a heroine, right? She's like really, there's, though she doesn't quite know where she's going, there's a real strength inside there of the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, she she
1: does. And I think she lives it out, you know, in all the rest of the books. She just, she lives her own life. And men are somewhat ancillary. I mean, they're they're ways for her to experiment with life. Mm. And actually, once she solves whatever problem she's in, she usually leaves the man.
0: I mean, you know, uh,
1: (laughs) that's been solved. See you.
0: Yeah, it it becomes to freedom from her own imprisonment. And I'm going to read a last um, quote um, from Prison Sex. This life was no longer prison sex. It was every moment sex. And I know that you mean sex in the greater sense of the word, not about the act, right? But sex in the eros, the loving sense, something bigger than herself, right? She discovers. That's the end of prison sex.
1: Yeah. Right? And also the vulnerability to something yeah. other than yourself, the, the relational. Um, yeah. think. Mm. I think... It, I think she's not materialistic in the sense where she thinks a thing, be it a man or Mm. money or fame or a trip or whatever is going to be the solution. She is relational to the extent she knows everything's ephemeral and everything's passing and, and, and not in your control. Mm. So engage full force in the moment and whatever you're in, you know, and, um, and that leads to an interesting life, I think, you mm. know, I think, mm. it, or it leads to interesting journeys of the soul mm. to where you began this talk, you know, yeah. you asked about IML. Mm. That was an interesting, oh, mm. right? Well, what do you think? You, you happen <laughs> to be, you, you are Miss IML. What, what do you think? I mean, it is interesting.
0: It is I mean I'm thinking about I made that converse I I made a a call to you in May or early June last year right Maybe it was the covid quarantine in paris and <laughs> you were quarantine in new york I said Jacqueline Gay send me everything you haven't had published send it to me and I'll read it I want to think about it because because we had such success with erotic fire the unattainable Yeah yeah and it was look, we published it, it got resold, it got made into a movie, and then it got made into another movie. And it's, you know, look, The Unattainable Story came out of it through Amelia Ferreira, um, Frank Vitale's movie, um, Erotic Fire, The Unattainable, Longing to Be Found, those two. And then Skyhorse bought the book. So, you know, I sat down and thought, what's the most interesting thing that we did together and and or in my own life? To me, that's success, you know, measuring. We didn't measure it in dollars and cents. We measured it in what happened, the movement of soul of that book, right?
1: Well, I, I think that, you know, you and I talked a little bit about this, but I think it speaks of a new type of um, commerce and
0: exactly.
1: um, working together where, talk about the soul again. I mean, mm. you know, mm. you had a feeling, have a feeling for my work. You never could have done these podcasts the way you can go in and, you know, it's, it's so impressive. And so, and you, now that's every writer's dream to have somebody get you, you know? Mm. Um, so for sure, that's a, a marvel. That. Yeah. it's a mar. And for me, you've done that. And, um, mm. um, to bring out this audacious idea of yours, six books at once, you know? I mean, it's audacious, Uh, you know, it's, it's, (laughs) I I mean, and that also attracted me, this is no, this is no, it's audacious, it's creative, you know? It's like, (laughs) we're gonna break all the rules, let's do it. So of course, and so of course I said, yeah. And it's sort of like a a psyche's task, you know. It's mm. it's like one of the tasks that the psyche's given. You know, can you sort all really? these uh, all these? Yes. You know, this is can you bring out six books? You know, uh, <laughs> in different countries, and um, yes, uh, exactly. you know, it's it's a psyche's task. But it is. because of that, it feels has marvelous energy around it. You know, mm, and has totally. ma- it has magical. I don't mean magical in a um, hopefully in a uh, delusional way, but it has, a, right. so, it has, mm. uh, you know, that's that famous line. I don't know. was Goethe who that, you know, if you dream big things, the universe comes to support you. Mm. And I, and I kind mm. of feel that about this, but also it's a new way of working. You know, I mean, I could have, Banged on doors enough to maybe get some presses in New York to maybe pick up one or two. Mm. But this is a whole adventure. This is a whole Isn't it? <laughs> this is a whole erotic fire of the unattainable. You know, this is and so Whoa. and together and also just yeah. two women trusting each other. Mm. How can I help? What can we do together? Mm. Stepping forward on on, you know, Selma Louise off, you know, <laughs> at the cliff, you know, not that it's gonna have that ending, but you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, there's a lot of, um, beauty in that, Mm. a lot of beauty in that. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, you have other books coming out, you know, and I, I, you know, I know some of them. Um, and so it's, it's going to be, you know,
0: I think it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. We have some other writers in mind and yeah, we're exploring that right now. Well, oh gosh. gosh. Jacqueline okay. Gay, this has been fun. Anything,
1: uh, what were you going to say? You're going to say something. <laughs> well, I was going to say, did you want to mention Across the Divide or not? No, let's mm. wait. Okay. All think, right, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, coming, coming mm. to a theater near you, right? Yes, exactly, exactly, another book. The, mm. Across the Divide to the Divine. <laughs> when we get when we get across the six. Yeah, right, when we get across these six is right. Mm. Uh, this has been such a joy and a pleasure to be with you in these eight podcasts, Jacqueline Gay, and thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All, it's
1: all your vision. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. vision.
0: But your writing, darling. If I didn't, you, if you hadn't written them, I'd have no vision at all on that. So I
1: don't
0: know. I, think, <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't agree with that. But anyway. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so this is I. Murphy Lewis of IML Publications speaking to you from Paris, France, with our guest Jacqueline Gay Wally in New York City about her collection, Venus As She Ages. Thank you for joining us, Jacqueline Gay. Thank you, Martha. It's been a pleasure to have you here. It is a pleasure. You can listen to our podcast featuring Jacqueline Gay. Wally's novels or visit her website, www.gaywally.com or our website, www.imlpublications.com. This podcast was recorded on Zencaster with producer Sebastiano Tecchio, executive producer Alan Sledge, accompanied by flautist Steve Slagle's Going Home from his album Spirit Calls. A A A A A (laughs) Abbiento, (laughs) merci! Goodbye, thanks.